You are listening to the Backstage Pass podcast, hosted by Hannah Trigwell and brought to you by Tommen. Hello, Rob and Ollie. How are you? Uh, great, thank you. And we've smashed down quite a lot of caffeine in the last half hour, Hannah, in preparation for this chat. So there might be some quite garbled messages coming your way, just to warn you. <laughs> Nice. So I know you best, Rob, for being manager of Maskins, the band, and Ollie, you play guitar in Maskins. Yep, that's right. How is that experience for both of you? <laughs> well, uh, it's so been about five years, is it, since we sort of like since you officially like properly started getting involved? I think it's actually six this summer. You know, yeah. every year that goes by, we take a year off. Yeah. <laughs> I think Ollie. Um, Obviously, the manager and the 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 artist have different kind of roles to play, um, mm. but maybe in the way that Marsicans operate um, or the the team operates, uh, there's probably slightly more of a Venn diagram than there might be for uh, for other artists and managers. So, um, for example, Ollie gets involved extensively on the visual output of the band um both in terms of the posters a lot of the videos um and you know he's he's excellent at it and it's something um something that's been a real asset because we've had that consistency and development i think over the last sort of six years and um not only started because like i was the only one i'd like photoshop on my laptop when we started so like (laughs) just out of like me being kind of the only one with the means to do it and the, had a bit more of a like I just thought oh, well I could probably do it um, and I'd rather do it than anyone else do it so that kind of became a bit of a joke in the end yeah. of like I'd rather get it done myself it's a good thing to have in your skill set being yeah. you know being in a band yeah I mean that has been that has been great like I, I really understand like and some video editing software as well I do all myself and just learn only because I'm in a band really and that's what you need to do when you're in a band these days because People aren't really there doing it for you. Yeah, and if we had to outsource that, you know, things would suddenly just just costs would suddenly become so expensive. Or if you leave it up to say, you know, just external parties to to do it, labels or promoters or whoever, you know, suddenly you start getting stuff back that you're like, well, this looks bloody awful. So I think taking control of those your own visuals um, really helps with the the branding i hate to use that word when we're talking about music but you know essentially it's what we do isn't it and are you still super hands-on with the visual stuff now that the band's signed to a label uh, well all the sort of like video um stuff we put out is done by um sodium who's like a, a leeds based oh uh, yeah um, yeah film production company you, you've worked with them as well haven't you hannah back, yeah, back in the day yeah hurricane yeah, Hurricanes, that, that was the one. Okay. Yeah, they're great guys, aren't they? And you're still working with them? Yeah, uh, Phil. Um, Phil at Sodium has just sort of been doing all the all the video output, really. Um, and that's kind of been since the start of the year. Um, yeah. We've sort of had regular meetings and Zoom calls and stuff and just thought, sort of like, uh, it's been it's been like a great asset, really. Otherwise, we would have really struggled, you know, like the past um, few months especially. We'd have just sort of, I don't know what we'd have ended up putting out, but it wouldn't have been very good. Yeah, a couple of them actually came down to Rockfield with us um, for a few days. So it's just wonderful to kind of have all that stuff in the back pocket. And hopefully 
they'll some of it at least will see the light of day as part of the album campaign and we'll probably yes. enjoy watching that as much mm. as or more than <laughs> uh, anyone else but when does the album come out oh, uh, next month uh, 14th of august i think what keeps us going a lot of the time in a band is is the live gigs and and just being out touring yeah. and stuff uh, whenever we find it quite difficult um, it's always a good live show that sort of like resets us and makes us think ah oh, bloody hell that were good and mm. it's all worth it yeah so uh, and we, we we're not actually like that I don't think any of us love to be you know like doing the sort of like selfie video that kind yeah. of thing like none of us like are like oh yes I'll do that um, so we find yeah. it really difficult to exist as just a purely online band um, and yeah. we've done stuff that that's worked well but um, it's difficult for like <laughs> Just to know that for for the foreseeable, that's all that's happening, and there's you know you, the thing that we thrive off the most is just mm. absolutely out of the question. That kind of an extension of that is we've been re- releasing music as you know through the sort of lockdown period, like really regularly, you know, single a month, um, trying to yeah. kind of build up excitement to the release of the album, and I think it's really hard, essentially, from your own kitchen to gauge whether this is reaching people and what impact the music's having. And I think yeah. as a band, you guys get a lot of validation when you release a track and then you play it in front of an audience and it's a new song or a new release and people are, are singing the song back to you and you're like, oh, yes, okay, we've got, this one has got over, you know. And um, yeah. we just don't get that sense of it. People repost the track and you're grateful for that on, you know, the, the week of release or whatever but obviously that mm-hmm. tails off quite quickly um and you and we're kind of like right next next track and um it's really it's i found it really hard to judge whether anyone gives a shit or you know to what extent people are excited yeah. because unless you're actually meeting your fans or playing in front of them um it's just numbers isn't it yeah I, yes yeah. exactly actually, it's very dry I, can't, I forgot. I forgot actually, but we 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 did two gigs at the start of this year, that we, which were warm ups for South by Southwest Festival, oh, yeah. which was cancelled yeah. obviously. Um, so we did two warm gigs, and that actually had some of the album tracks in, and one of those songs was already released. Um, one was in Huddersfield, and one was in York, and they were both very busy, very sweaty gigs, like great gigs, small venues, but like like wow, this is going to be a good year. And yeah. people were really reacting to that. The, the one song we had brought out was just like, had such a good reaction. Just to recap, you put Red out, yeah. your debut album. How long ago was it now, Hannah? It was two years ago. Two years. Yeah, okay. two years ago. And was that, was that like a label deal thing? Was it a self-release no. type thing? Yeah, what it was, was self-release. Kind of- Toward that in the UK and Europe. Um, and then as soon as I got back, I was like, right, what's the next thing? I, I can never seem to like soak in oh, the glory. I, I know. That, <laughs> for, more that... than, <laughs> for more than two minutes, um, <sighs> which is which is really annoying, actually. Because, it is, isn't it? <laughs> because you work so hard on this thing and it takes you ages. And, you know, some of that comes from, I put it out and I, I did like a few singles and then I put the album out and then people were saying, when's your new stuff out? And I was like, We've just it done it. A year it, to it, it. Yeah. <laughs> I do kind of feel like a pressure to always make new stuff as well. 
But um, but yeah, all my stuff's been self-released. So how have you found the the whole releasing through a label experience as opposed to self-releasing? You guys have put a few things kind of in back on Bandcamp, haven't you? Yeah. Um, and then and SoundCloud. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then yeah. we had a bunch of recordings that we did. One is a self-release, like just Marsicans, like a kind of EP, four tracks. And then we did another EP on a kind of vanity label that was still us but we just called it something and that did all right in terms of we got a few things on radio one and um we got some sort of playlists on spotify and all that sort of stuff and that was enough to yeah no it was great at the time really exciting and it was enough to get us at least some interest on the indie label front so we kind of worked with a, a label from manchester called lab and we ended up doing eight singles uh, with them. And then we felt like, God, we put out 15 songs now or something like that. It is, you know, are we going to just keep releasing singles or, you know, we all want to, we all want an album under our belt here. So, um, yeah. you guys basically went away and just worked on that for a year while we were releasing with lab, but it was always the thought that we were going to Feel like I'm talking too much. No, no, we, we were we were sort of like <laughs> already by we were forcing those in with lab, and we were sort of thinking like, oh, what what would we do? What we're we doing next? Um, and we sort of just ended up releasing more singles just just through having to keep putting stuff out. Was that like a development deal? Oh, actually, it was licensing. So we all we, okay, we yeah. we'd always kind of paid for our, owned our own recordings and did that ourselves, um, and then yeah. lic- licensed it to a label. Um, and lab were cool. I mean, they were really like they never yeah. even checked the singles. You know, oh, they were just like, yeah, you guys know, you guys are putting out good stuff. It's doing well. Um, oh, great! Yeah, I mean, that's so, what you really, want, isn't it? It's oh, really good working with lab. Like, and they they brought a lot to the table for us for us to like step things up um we got some like um the cover of like indie list and stuff like that through through lab and that that kind of stuff is like you know it's it's gold really so you know things felt like they were really kind of going in the right direction but then we knew we'd have to kind of put out a substantial body of work to sort of be seen as a proper you know like a proper band in the you know got you know yeah we kind of felt that, like, until we get an album out, we're not, we don't really um, belong with those that scene of like album bands. Um, I've got a question for you. I think that's a good point. But do you think people, fans, music fans, see it like that, or do you think it's more artists see it like that, or yeah. or, or music press? Like, do you think? I think it's young, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I get the feeling like the, our younger fan base are as bothered about an album they just like songs coming out every month I think your older fan base certainly enjoy the experience of an album more and mm. uh, the freedom to just like put different styles of songs out there stuff that isn't seen as a single mm. but then what we were actually seeing is people a lot of more people are maybe we were just more conscious of it that people were just asking when the album is coming out and then we were just thinking like well when is the album coming out <laughs> You know, if no one's going to give us the money up front, we're just going to have to go and record our own album, and mm. um, and stop waiting around for like some magic deal to to land in the inbox or something. Yeah, I think that's what I was feeling when I did mine. I was just like, it just got to the point where I was like, well, am I going to do it or not? Because it's 
it's time it's nobody else is going to do it for me Mm -hmm. so i need to just kind of it has to be a decision that you follow through doesn't it as opposed to a a pipeline dream yeah if you sign to a label and they're like where's the album go make the album here's loads of money then obviously it's different but i think there was always a fear that especially now that people are asking where the album was that we carried on pumping out singles it was Instead of looking like we were on the climb, it was looking like, you know, I think we've always had that in the back of our mind, like we need to keep pushing and keeping things new and fresh as far as we can. Um, And we were just like, well, is anyone going to be excited by another batch of singles or would they be more excited and would we be more excited by doing an album? So, yeah, so that's kind of the point we we got to. We didn't have a label when we when we started the recording process. In fact, we didn't have a label when we finished the recording process. We, you know, they so they basically had a a finished product kind of handed to them. They didn't have any say in like the uh, you know like mix or masters or anything like that. Did they, you already have that sorted out? More, more or less. Um, so we had a mastering guy Fern in New York who's really good um, mixing. Yeah. On the, on the mixing side of things. They'd heard, I think, the the end of recording mixes, the rough mixes, but they hadn't, but we kind of already ready lined this guy up and we were paying for it ourselves. So they did kind of pitch in on the mastering side just because we needed to get things done. They knew a few people. Um, so there was a bit of discussion around that. We ended up going with someone that, that Fern knew anyway in the end. But um, a, a finished product was handed to the label, but one that they, they'd heard yeah. part of. That was, I think, I think we're all happy, actually, that we were in that position to go and record the album and we wanted to do it. And there was, you know, like, we had a lot of discussions amongst ourselves about different difference in opinion, but at least there were no one else saying, like, well, that's just, uh, that's <laughs> yeah. not going to work. That's... And it, it was interesting, Hannah, because we were speaking to labels quite early in the process in the hope that someone was going to come in with uh, a checkbook and go, here's a couple of hundred grand, off you go, boy, yeah. yeah. um, rather than us having to, to fund it. But, um, you know, even though the discussions were going throughout the whole recording process, essentially, um, no one really came on board beyond the kind of talking stage, you know, like, all oh, keep you posted on what's happening, you know, and people like, let me know when you're playing London, and, you know, it's just the usual kind of A&R. Yes. Uh, <laughs> circus, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, we were still in the game and we had some very big labels that we were excited about that we were speaking to. So, you know, you're not going to write that stuff off. But it did get to a point where we kind of recorded everything, we'd mixed everything, and I, I was starting to think, like, I'm not even sure it's it would be a good thing at this stage if a major label came in because just by all the horror stories we've heard, they're going to want to come in and change things and re-record things. And actually, we've kind of signed off. If they'd come in early in the process and we worked with them, that would be something. But we've signed off on this album and we're as happy with it as we could be. Um, and, um, you know, I think it actually at that point would have been really difficult to, I mean... You know, I think if there was a fat check, if there was a fat check for us, we'd have looked at it. But I think creatively, it would have been very difficult to then pivot yeah. and you know have to redo stuff because and like the the check, like the fat check element, that's only important. But not not because we like we want to get a load of money from this. It's just because 
you can't afford to be um, like in a band and and live off it pre-album. Yeah, you've like, got to eat. So like the, the money is there just so we can actually give us something to live off to put time into it because like it's just not yeah. possible otherwise. So you know, like assume that the kind of money that comes from the majors that's the we're, we're like well you know there's a lot of stuff we don't like about how majors operate but you know we we need it if if we want this band to well we, mm. we're potentially going to need it because yeah where we want to go and obviously they've got they've got clout in the marketing world that is very hard to um you know it's very hard to emulate with an indie yeah. with an indie release, I think. So, you know, there's that consideration as well. Obviously there's a trade off there creatively, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um so So yeah. is the label now is it indie or is it major? Yeah, it's Killing Moon. So we signed with an indie label um yeah. towards the back end of the year. They actually put together a really attractive deal. It you know, in the in the indie sense of the word. Uh, uh, and they had, you know, a bigger team than we'd had at Lab. Um, so that that felt like a a move in the right direction. But we still kept creative control over the output. And, um, you know, oh, really? so that, yeah, so it, it felt, you know, we were happy to sign it um, and relieved a little bit because, you know, it was, it's like, God, we've got the album now. Like, are we putting this out ourselves or, you know, <laughs> what, what's happening? Yeah. So. And also, like all the sing- the singles that we sort of identified as the you know the strongest tracks in the album, actually um, the plan they put together um, was the same tracks that we thought were the strongest ones. So we don't we felt oh, like amazing. they were kind of coming in from the same angle. Yeah, because we I were. remember you sending the um, to like a select group of people the the tracks out with ah, a kind of voting system of how you felt. That's right. About I forgot you were you were the artist on that. Yeah. 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 Oh, was I? Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, I actually, I always wondered how my scores met up against. You know what? We'll have a look peoples. at that. We'll have a look at that after this. Because that would I'm be out. that would be really interesting. It's probably <laughs> completely opposite. <laughs> I was really surprised in that whole process. Though it was quite, it was good for us. Was it? Yeah. Was the feedback useful for you? Oh, massively. I think. Um, we all had ideas about which tracks were the strongest. Um, and But, you know, it, it's really hard to listen to them with fresh ears at the end of the process because you've been living with these songs for, well, you guys, years. Did you get a lot of people who weren't in the music industry to listen as well? I didn't. I think James played it to some mates of his. Yeah. I, whenever I play... Um, demos or or you know new songs to people in the industry they're listening with a certain mentality that a listener doesn't have mm. is this a and hit it's just, yeah 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 is this a hit whereas like when you're listening to a song and it makes you feel something and there's a hook that you like you're not necessarily hooked on because of what the industry person thinks you will be hooked on Very and true. so i so i I've, I think about this a lot, um, and so I end up sharing like a lot of demos with core fan group that I um, share like behind the scenes stuff with on on Patreon. They encourage me to release the songs as singles, which are the songs that I'm not going to drop any names, but the songs that some people that I've also played them to who are in the industry are like that's not a single. They're like that the the people who aren't 
in the industry are like, it's that one, that one, that one's the one that hits. And I'm like, what? Really? Interesting. And, yeah. you know, what are your priorities? Because you are essentially artist and label, right? So yeah. are, are you wanting to, is it connecting with your fan base? That's the number one priority. You're probably going to have to say yes. Um, or <laughs> actually, do you need, <laughs> or do you need, sorry, or do you need those um, Spotify playlists? And, you know, yeah, actually. It's a balance, isn't it? It's like, you know, originally when I started out, I wanted to only release songs that I emotionally connected with. And some of them worked for the listeners as well, but some of them didn't. And then as I carried on and and it became like a full-time career, I was like, then then there's a need to think about which songs are going to connect with people that aren't just me. And then there's a balance of, I, I want this musical journey to be fulfilling and be like a, a good experience for me, but it also needs to be that for the people listening. So I can't just be selfish about it and be like, this one means the most to me, so I'm going to put that out because it's not, it's just not always conducive to a long, sustainable <laughs> career. Mm-hmm. I, I try and think about like a balance between which song is is the one that I really want to put out and is the one that also people will connect to but I I never want it to be either or because I feel like that's it just wouldn't be sustainable for me but how do you guys feel about that well I was just going to come back at you there so you don't want it to be either or and ideally I think if you have a both and then you you really you know you're, you're kind of ticking a lot of boxes on, there yeah um does that influence yeah. your writing at all like at that stage, are you thinking like, you know, God, we need to get to the chorus in the first 20 seconds here because, uh, you know, this is the banger emotionally for yeah. me, but, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. with the hooks at, at two minutes 30 and no one's going to hear it, you know. Are you, is it... yeah. yeah, like, again, like originally when I first started songwriting, I, I would never think about that. But now if there's a long intro, it's cut. If the, you know, if the verse... If the verse is long and the pre is long and it feels like it's too long, I will, I'll cut it. I, I don't ever change the songs dramatically, but kind of as I've been songwriting through so many years, I'm definitely aware of myself just in the session being like, cool, right, now let's go here. So I know that it has influenced my songwriting, but okay. I, I've not got to the robotic stage of it yet where I'm like, right, yeah, you know, let's have let's have a, a run of the chorus first and then let's have a a 10 second verse five second pre and then back to the chorus i'm not there yet <laughs> okay I haven't got the formula like nailed on yeah, what we, how we, about you guys well i think um we did a fair bit of chopping and, and changing on too good which was kind of our biggest spotify song really um and yeah. we we cut the second verse in half um, and also the chorus had different lyrics. We changed that. It was Rob's suggestion to change it. Um, Rob in the band, that is not this Rob. Um, yeah. To change it for, <laughs> it, to be, for it to be a bit more ambiguous for the listener, basically. Okay. Um, so that chorus is a big chorus live as well, like really connects. Um, but it, there was that in mind that, you know, for yeah. a wider appeal, 
you were always going to you basically write in a pop structure anyway, instinctively, I think, because everyone in the band yeah. is our uh, fans of pop music. Um, but I think if a song didn't meet the classic, um, the classic pop structure, it didn't get thrown out in the way that it might have done if we're just like, right, we need, we've got four singles we're putting out next year. So, you know, there was a little bit of, and a little bit more freedom around that. And I think the album, if anyone listens to it as an album, as opposed to just, you know, a bunch of singles, I think it's a lot stronger for having that mix. I'm really excited about it because I, I just think it's the best. It's the best stuff you've done. So, um, so buy the pre-order the album now. Yeah. Get the get the album, people. It's but coming. Here, here's a question for you, Hannah. Um, so yeah. you've released an album. So you're ahead of us in terms of the career cycle. Um, you know, do you feel like you're now an artist and there needs to be an album too, or do you feel like no, you've you've released an album, you've ticked that box, and you can just like essentially freewheel it song by song as you see fit <laughs> from here on in. I mean, you know, is there something you you think about kind of macro yeah, on a I macro level? The when I when I put the first album out and there were a few singles before it and then the album came out, I um it was a great experience and it did really well in Asia, which is kind of what I thought it would do. Um, Look up Asia. It, it, it was great to to drop an album, but I did have feelings about the the album tracks being listened to less than the single tracks and thinking, oh, but I really loved that song. And I maybe if I'd have given that one a bit more attention or space to breathe as a single, then maybe that one would have... Um, connected with more people so so I'm now at a stage where I think I've I think I've released like five or six singles that that are you know after the red album that are part of a, a second album but okay. the second album will be a culmination of singles okay so so I'm like in a process now where I'm dropping a single every sort of six to eight weeks. And when the album comes out, it'll be a culmination of them, maybe with two or three extra songs that nobody's heard before, but it will be primarily a... Singles collection. Big, big ball of singles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, like I'm trying this way out just because I've done the drop in the album in a traditional way kind of thing before. Um, and I'm not sure that that really worked for me. I feel like I I really enjoy making music videos and I feel slightly more fulfilled by the whole process when I can do that for a lot of different songs. And so this this way of like dropping single after single after single works, but it only makes sense in my head if all of those songs are part of something that someone can come back to and be like, ah, this is this era this is then, this is what she was doing with this collection of songs, you know? So it's kind of like, I'm focusing more on singles, but they need to make sense as a body of work as well. Okay, so that do you, and are you kind of releasing them with that in mind? Like, okay, there's going to be, there's a thread here, whatever that thread might be. Uh, some of them I've just thought, oh, this feels good, I'm, let's put this out. As a, It's not like a track 
by track. It's not like a track listing order. Um, and okay. definitely the next the next couple of singles are they're all quite different from this point in, but they but they have similar sounds that run through them and similar themes, and that's okay. kind of what's holding it all together. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how I feel at the end. Because then I'll be like, oh, I've done it that way, I've done it this way. Which do I prefer, or do I do an amalgamation of the two? Or by then, will there be some weird new format that you can it's, do? It's good to good to give yourself the freedom to to experiment with that. I think sometimes yeah. you can feel, or we we might feel that like you um, you don't get a chance to experiment because you've you're losing out. You know, like you feel yeah. like we just need to get it right, otherwise we. It, we're going to see diminishing returns, but like I think it's great that you can just have the freedom to go with it and, and see if it works better for you. I think there is a strong thing artistically because everyone's grown up with favourite albums because we all kind of grew yeah. up in, a, in an era where albums were, were king and the singles promoted the album. That, that was the point. And I'm not sure that's whether that's still the case now. Um, but I still think it's not just the artist it counts for because there's there's just too many fans. You know, I man the merch desk at, at most gigs, and it, there's never a show where people don't come up and say, "Where's the album coming out?" And they can be yeah. 16, 18, 25, 30, whatever. It doesn't matter. There's still something psychologically about being an album band. I don't, yeah. I don't even know why, but I'm glad I'm glad it's still a thing because I think it's. It, it, it's cool to record an album as opposed to just a bunch of songs. Not denigrating yeah. what you're doing for album two in any way, but you know, I'm glad we've had the experience oh, yeah, no. of doing that. Yeah, and I think especially for merch as well. There's like nobody would ever come up to the merch desk and say, um, "Can I buy? Can I buy a single? Have you got? A, <laughs> do you have a single yeah. CD that I can buy for? You know, whatever would make sense to mark that up for three pound." Or can I buy an album for ten? Like, yeah, this makes sense. Exactly. It? And, and having an album as well, just like I really, I'm excited to have that, like, just in my collection for the rest of my life. So that, yeah, you know, like we've released down how many other singles we've released. I can't more physically. than more than an album. <laughs> I can't physically look back at those singles in in you know decades to come when technology's moved on. I can't look at my yeah. singles, but I can look at the album that we've made. Yeah, that's always true. Gonna exist. And that's quite yeah. a big thing for me. Um, yeah. Well, unfortunately, we've run out of time, but it's been really great to speak to you both. And um, I usually end with two questions. Obviously, take you take your turns in answering them. But um, what is your track of the week? Let's go with Ollie first. What's your track of the week? So there's this. So Alabama Shakes. Oh yeah. Um, released. Oh, I'm a big fan of Alabama Shakes and, and Britney Howard. Um, uh, and I know quite a lot of songs, but I came across this track the other day, which is a song called Joe, and it's live from um, Austin, Austin. City, Austin City Limits mm, Festival. Austin City Limits, yeah. And uh, this performance is just vocally, just like makes you like, whoa, you just have to stop and, and like... It kind oh, of, wow. Yeah, it kind of stiffens your whole body up as you listen to it. Um, wow. And that song, I think it's just amazing, and I, and I listen to it most days. The, the song that we put out, as a single that Maskers put out as a single this week, uh, as someone else's touch. And it's the only sort of downbeat single we've released as a kind of album preview. 
Um, but the reason I'm saying it is um, we just uh, we had an experience during the recording, which we I think mentioned earlier. We did lucky enough to do at Rockfield Studios, which is this cool residential studio with an amazing history in rural yeah. Wales. And uh, yeah. it was one of the last nights we were there, and um, it was a slow song, and we kind of darkened. It was late, like late. Uh, we darkened the studio, and James just delivered this really intimate, emotional vocal, and um, it, it weirdly affected all of us in the room. And I, I'm like kind of getting gooseies from just like thinking oh, about that wow. moment, but we were all kind of. No one was looking at each other, but we all had that like lump in the throat, like you know, the, just a little bit of magic happened in the recording of that of that song, and um, mm. you know, uh, it'll be a moment that I will always remember, and I'm really grateful for. So it's great that it's it's been captured, uh, you yeah. know, in 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 that song. We we knew that that would be a big moment of the weekend. There was sort of build up to this vocal, and we're like, when's the right time to do it? And uh, just it, it worked out, didn't it? Like just yeah, couldn't have done it any nice. We'd all yeah. had it. We'd all oh, had a yeah. few beers and glasses of wine by that <laughs> point, but <laughs> it, nice. it, it, it helped. Uh, but yeah, so so uh, yeah, Maskins, someone else's touch is my track of the week. Thank you for asking. My final question is: What is the best lesson that you've learned so far in your career? So from the managerial standpoint, um, I kind of came into artist management with a lot of enthusiasm and not much experience. So there was always this kind of nagging feeling that you're a bit of a charlatan and, um, you know, you don't really belong in this world um, uh, because there's, there's people that know what they're doing elsewhere. And I think, you know, I've been doing it with masking six years and for a few years before that with some other artists. But my, my lesson is that actually no one knows how to do this thing. Everyone is trying to work it out. And the, the, um, the playing field is constantly shifting. So you need to, you know, one react to that and two relax because you are as good as anyone else operating or you're at no disadvantage experience-wise. Um, you just have to find a way that works for your artist, and th- there's no roadmap to that. So I think yeah. just that realization that essentially everyone else is winging it as well. So you know, don't don't feel that so you're true. at yeah you're at a disadvantage. So that was a lovely, you know, slightly unsettling kind of revelation, but gives you confidence to like, okay, well, I think this is going to work for these guys. So we're going to try that. I think I'd say just like, as um, you need to kind of, I think an important thing, which has been a downfall of a lot of people I've seen, is you have to kind of be honest, like your persona or whatever it is you are in a portraying in music, it has to align with, you know, a certain degree of your own personality. If you, if you, if you're trying too hard to have like the look and the attitude, you're probably going to get caught, you know, like caught out some point down the line, or you are get to a point where you think, why am I being this person? And you know, like that's got to on like both online and on stage. It has to, there's got to be like a, 
consistency with yeah who who you are or who the band is and then I think it's going to be a lot more fun that way as well <laughs> to be yourself thanks so much for speaking to me today um it's been great talking to you both and I hope you haven't had to uh, censor yourself too much in front of each other because I know <laughs> they, you both hate each other deeply. Yeah. But um, <laughs> well, good luck with the album. It's going to be great. You. Thank you, Anna. Yeah. No, cheers, Anna. Enjoy the chat. It was really good fun. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Be sure to hit subscribe and leave a comment to let us know what you think. And I will see you next time on Backstage Pass. <laughs>